long one. It was a long. That's what she said. <laughs> Sorry, it's a secret. She said it. <laughs> Our software like claps us in, uh-huh. and it was like a little extra long on it the clap. Was. It definitely was, and that's a Dale joke for sure. <laughs> um. Hello, friend. Hello, Kathleen Wilson. Hello, Nicole Corning. This, what, what are we doing this morning? This is the Working Mommy Manuals podcast. You might not be listening to it in the morning, but we are recording it in the morning. It is. I actually was like watching a show and I had a text Nicole. I'm like, I'm going to be there te- 15 minutes late because I had to finish it. And she was like, is that okay? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I don't think 15 minutes is going to break us today. No. And especially on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Because you saw by the, she rolled in at 1015. I still had like five other things I still needed to do. Yep. That's how working mommies roll. It is. Unfortunately. I know. We're always multitasking. So this is the Working Mommies Manual Podcast. Mm-hmm. We're here to just give tips and tricks and um, share our adventures and misadventures with you. Yes. Um, it's quite eventful every single day. And I think that this really is more therapy for me. <laughs> well, it truly, it, it came out of me and Kathleen working together and not being able to talk during work because uh-huh. we were so insanely busy. And it's, it's still that way today. It's not like the office Mm-mm. in our office. No. It is, it is all work. balls to the wall, <laughs> lots of work. Exactly. And actually I had, um, when I hired our newest employee, I told her, I said, listen, we work Fridays like they're Mondays. That's not a joke. And so I said something the other day and she was like, no, I appreciate you being honest with me and telling me that before I started because <laughs> she expected it and we do. Well, and especially in our industry, a lot of uh, advisors are just golfing on Friday. It's true. But I'm like, nope, it's busy. And actually, as the day goes on, it gets busier. Like all of a sudden on Friday, three o'clock, phones are blowing up. And I'm like, people, you're supposed to be going to your happy hour now so we can finish our day. Right. Yeah. Although speaking of golf, because, you know, I've committed in the last couple of years to mm-hmm. trying to become a better golfer. Yes. It, well, and by better, I mean just playing in general. And because I really wasn't before that. And honestly, there are so many women professionals who we do business with mm-hmm. who are clients of ours yes. who golf oh really and now I've started asking them and they're like yeah I golf but I just haven't had time to so I'm like oh well if I got a foursome together would you do like nine holes in the morning or would you right. you know and and uh, like surprisingly a lot of these women oh, are that's fun yeah that's so really fun. I think that's a, makes it worthwhile for me doing these golf lessons absolutely um and man, I need them. We all do. I need to get out there. Actually, well, for my birthday last year, Dale bought me a set of golf clubs oh, and then yeah. I tore my calf muscle. And so I haven't even had a chance to play with them. I, they're still in the box. So I need to get on it when it cools down. It's too, it's muggy today, as a matter of fact. It but is it's just warm. I golfed yesterday, 18 <laughs> holes with my husband and son because it was a cool 102 I th- here I in laughing. Phoenix. I told Dale, like, oh my God, Nicole is golfing outside. He goes, I can't even walk outside right now. It's so hot. This is like, our winter time where we just stay inside because it's so blazing hot. I know, but it looks so pretty outside. I drank so much water and Gatorade and mm-hmm. I peed like maybe a thimbleful. Isn't that crazy? It's hot. Because I was I was hot. Mm-hmm. I was hot. Yep. So okay. So Kathleen, 
We have talked about this for a while and then we're like, we should podcast about it. We should. It's like, you know, when we do get a chance to talk most of the time, I don't even know when we really talk. Sometimes it's after work or, but, um, but yes, we talk about how you just are always in control of everything. I know that was me growing up, you know, being the oldest of five kids and my mom, a single mom working, I was responsible for a lot all the time. And I think that what I, what I really liked about it is that the decisions I made, I got to actually talk to my mom about it you know so I'd say hey you know is it okay or what do you think about this and we would like use each other's sounding boards like I was her other half and as a matter of fact uh when Dale and I got married we'd been married maybe a year or so or maybe it was after Brooklyn was born I I said something to mom and she's like that's why it was so easy for me because Dale and I were not agreeing on something and she said that's why it was easy for me because I didn't have anybody else to talk to I just did it (laughs) right yeah well and I think we've always been we've always approached this podcast at least from that default position where both of us were had a lot of responsibility early on Mm -hmm. and especially you know around things that maybe you know a typical child wouldn't Mm -hmm. and that is how we've been kind of programmed and I had had this really interesting experience uh, about a week or two ago was Mm -hmm. it two weeks ago where I met with some some newer clients of mine who were looking for someone to help them with a family mission statement. And I had been referred to a woman who, you know, did that kind of work. So I got them together and I was really just there as a fly on the wall to mm-hmm. make sure, you know, it was a good fit. And um, anyway, and and just what, like, I, that was really the first time I had worked with someone, it, not in a, a lot of families do that kind of work around um, giving to charity. Yeah. But this was just not related to charity. It was just in general. So mm-hmm. anyway, I'm flying the wall. I'm sitting there. And the and the woman who helps with the mission statements said something that just, I was like, hold up. <laughs> now I do have to say something. <laughs> so she was saying to the wife, she said, you're the CEO at work, but you are also the CEO in your family Mm -hmm. and not just your immediate family. You know, she has small children, but in your, with your siblings and your parents and you need to resign from that position. And when I say CEO of your family, I mean, chief emotional officer. Mm. And that's when I was like, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I said, how do you resign from the chief emotional officer position? Right. And she's like, it can be done. And I was like, well, I, you need to tell me about this. So it, you know, it, she didn't have all the answers laid out, but basically it was, it got back to what we talk about all the time is being kind of that center of your family, that you're, you're, you're making all the schedules work and you're coordinating everything. But then you're also that, you know, when Jack's girlfriend and he broke up, you know, that I'm the one he calls and wants to go to dinner with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when my, when my parents have a fight with my brother, they're both calling me to mediate. Right. And we grow up a lot. Many of us who are, you know, the breadwinners in our family, we grow up in that role. So we just take it on as adults. Right. And this is the first time that I'd heard someone say like, well, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Well, it's just so crazy because it's the same with my family. Like if my brothers or sisters or anybody's having an issue, they call me and we talk it through and, you know, and I just really try to help um, make sense of everything or give them tips and 
tricks to manage it because I don't have the answers for everything. And honestly, I'm so tired by managing my own life. You know, it's like I can help and be a sounding board and I'd love to do that for my siblings. But sometimes it's like, who do I get to talk to? Yes, I can talk to my husband. Yes, I can talk to you. But sometimes like, you know, for me in my situation, I could talk to my mom about anything without any judgment. And, you know, and I don't want to like, you know, just spill my everything to you or spill everything to Dale. There's just certain things I keep to myself that, you know, I miss talking to my mom about because she would just listen. And there, and it's not bad stuff. It's just, you know. You it's just, just little ticky tacky yes. stuff that you want to get out of your brain. Yes, that's exactly it. So the the flip side to this is when you're the when you are the chief emotional officer of your family when you are the one everyone comes to and i'm not necessarily talking about like just your kids right cuz you do kind of have to that's you your do. job yes but i'm talking about of your extended family mm-hmm. right um and to your point most of us are just goddamn exhausted being the chief emotional officer of our own little right pod yeah. when you're doing it for the for in you know a bigger family or family and friends mm-hmm. it it can get exhausting but right. i would flip that also because uh well i would just say it's not everyone's fault that they're doing that like it's not a bad thing mm-hmm. i don't think it's it's no. bad or a terrible thing that they're doing it because this made me think of we have a mutual friend a very good friend whose father died last year mm-hmm. i think it was last year mm-hmm. and um you know and she's an advisor oh yeah and so and she runs her family she handles the extended family her father got sick really unexpectedly and suddenly and she had to move into her house and have hospice and he died in her house and the family's all there and you know after the funeral i met you guys mm-hmm. i couldn't make it to the funeral because i was I had a yeah. I, I think remember. I was in Tucson for work or something. Yeah. Anyway, I came up. We all went back to her house, and I remember talking with her, and she's like, "I'm exhausted. Like, when is somebody going to ask me about what I need mm-hmm. or what I need help with?" Mm-hmm. And I looked at her like she was bananas, and I'm like, "Um, never, right?" And it's not their fault, no, because we have conditioned them mm-hmm. to, to need us. that. No, it it doesn't even occur to them mm-hmm. for the most part, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because and, and they're not doing it maliciously mm-hmm. and and we're and we're partly to blame. You know, right. we're the ones who created this dynamic. So I I said, but that doesn't mean that you can't tell people what you need right. or what your limit is right. or, you know, or ask for help. Right. Right, it's so true. Um, but I think that asking for help is one of the hardest things women like us struggle with no it's true but that's why it's good like sometimes if one of my girlfriends from high school like someone's having an issue we'll send a text like hey I need you know like I'm really upset by this or you know am I wrong or what you know does this, is this justified or you know we just kind of sound it out with each other and you know most of the time I most of it's rational like when everybody comes to me and says is this rational or am I not being rational I'm like no yeah it's warranted you know, we girlfriends. And I've said this before, before I got married, my mother had said to me, you need to keep your girlfriends, mm-hmm. your friend. You can't be one of those people who ditches your friends because no. you are going to need them. Right. And she is she was so right. Mm-hmm. So there was and, and I do the same thing. I have my core group of friends who if something's going on, I need help with, you know, you're one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that I'm going to turn to you to get some, right. you know, some help and and some guy. And also, you're the friends that I'll call. You know, we'll talk, and you'll just know something's off. Yes. So totally. So there are there are a lot of people in your life that won't pick up on it. Right. But your 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 friends will always know. Absolutely. You know, and your spouse. I'm not saying your mm-hmm. spouse won't. Um, or your significant other won't. Right. Dale can totally tell when I'm off because I'm quiet. <laughs> and there's nothing quiet about me. I know. I Well, and it is. It's like one of those things when like a woman says she's fine. Yeah. And the last thing she is is fine. Exactly. She, she says that. And sometimes I don't, I don't want to talk to Dale about it. And it's not him. And he's like, did I do something wrong? I'm like, no, I'm just not in a good mood. I just really don't want to talk about it and just leave it. And you, mm-hmm, he'll leave it. Um, And it is sometimes hard because... <laughs> With doing life with your spouse and with kids and the you know running your your family ink I call it yeah a lot of times your spouse is attached to the thing that is upsetting you whether <laughs> it's, it's true you know they're too involved or they're not as involved or they're mm-hmm. too aggressive or they're not as aggressive or they're with the kids you know or they um, pissed you off about something or right. they're making you resentful and. I mean, a lot of times, unfortunately, that person, because they're the person you're doing all of this with mm-hmm. in a very intimate way, Yeah, you know, a lot of times, even when they ask if they can help, you're like, no, God damn it, you're part of the goddamn problem. <laughs> exactly. But you do need to be able to talk to them about yes, it. Yes, you have to clear the air. And we will. We'll talk things through. And um, and he does the same. Like, you know, we he gives really, Dale gives really good advice, actually. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to him about something and he'll kind of give me, and I'm like, well, this is what I'm thinking. And he's like, well, I think you mean it this way. I'm like, yes, that's exactly how I mean it because he knows. And sometimes I, I think so fast in my head that when I spit it out, I think I'm articulating what I'm saying, but it's still in my head and I'm not. So he, he gets it out and organized for me sometimes. That's nice. <laughs> it is. I would, I would, I want to go back to friends too, because I, um, so I, not to get morbid, but I remember when my friend Susan got sick with cancer, um, and she, she got sick the first time when we were 33 and she ended up passing, she had it three times and it finally killed her when she was 40. So it was a, it was, you know, a, a bit of a three ring circus for those seven years. And I remember being really, really angry at close friends of ours, like in our friend circle, who just ghosted us. So weird. Who just... Do you think it's because emotionally they were just detaching themselves? I I think that could have been it. I think also we had real young kids, mm-hmm. all, like almost all of us, mm-hmm. you know, because when you're, when you have babies, a lot of times your closest friends are those other moms who have babies because you're just so like drowning yeah and so you're like I'm, this I miss those days though you know I was thinking about this the other day not yeah. to segue but here I go and um I was like god I remember when the kids like hung around all the time and remember you'd go get them swimming and feed them lunch and then give them a bath or shower and then throw them in bed for a nap or they'll watch tv and take a nap I just miss those days because now they're just gone all the time they're never home I don't miss them <laughs> I really don't that was a lot of fucking work. It is a lot I of work. mean, it but was. But now it's stress that gets me with them being out and are they being safe and are they making good decisions and you know what I mean? Like, it's and why different. is your battery dying? Like, you're supposed to keep your phone charged. And... No, but it was exhausting. Those yeah. days of I had to drive them over, around to everything. I yep. had to figure out how they were going to get parties. to everything. Birthday parties. I had to get gifts. I had to, you know, it. 
it it is it was physically and mentally exhausting. It really was. This You're is right. yeah. This is but so in those early days. So my friend Susan was she was a, a rock to me because me, her, and our my other friend Aaron, we all gave birth within uh, three weeks of each other, mm-hmm. and so we we were just you know I did maternity leave with them, I connected to them, and uh, and and Susan actually had a son who was I want to say three years older at that, and so we she was like you know our Yoda, and she yeah. was really good at being a mom. Mm-hmm. She was really good at being a mom. Mm-hmm. So anyway, well, anyway, my point is, I. You know, as much as I say your friend should be your sounding board, you can't expect all of your friends, even the friends who you love dearly, they sometimes when things get real, when things get real tough, yeah, it's just not in their DNA mm-hmm. as humans for whatever reason or their life experience to be able to be there for you. Right. And I was, I remember at 33, for the first time in my life, be, and maybe it was because that was one of the first really hard things we'd kind of gone through, like w- with friends, right. like watching a friend die, yeah, and uh, or fight for her life and then die. And I think that part of it is it was it was too close to home, mm-hmm. right? Because what that's like your second biggest fear yeah. as a parent. Your first biggest fear is that something's going to happen to your child. Yeah. Your second biggest fear is that you're going to die and not be able to watch them grow up yes. or, you know, do whatever. They need know. us. They need us. I still need my mom and I'm 47. We, yes, we still, <laughs> we still need our parents, even if they're dysfunctional. And well, actually, if they're terrible, we don't need them. Right. But even the kind of dysfunctional, crazy ones, yeah. we still need. Well, my mom and was, love. She was just, you know, she was a codependent, and um, I didn't care about. I didn't care for that part of her, and she, but she just her self worth. It drove me crazy because she's like, "Who's gonna want me? I have five children," and I'm like, "Mom, that doesn't mean you pick you pick the low man on the totem pole." You know what I mean? Like, but that's she just that was how she felt about herself, which was ridiculous because she was amazing. You know what I think is the most fucked up thing about that, though. Is that we've been so conditioned as women that like our value is based on who would want us. I know. It's like. And having someone. Like to me, I'd be like, I have five kids. I have no time for any other bullshit. Right. So I don't want anyone in my life right now. I, I, you know, I will get a great set of vibrators and I will call I will get a great set of girlfriends and I will call it a day exactly for right now and right. then when I'm feeling good about myself and I've got myself like in a good place yeah. then I'll look for someone well I will tell you Suzanne's dad we have a relationship you know and I love Suzanne's him. your sister yeah Suzanne's my sister she's the youngest one so there was four of us with the same dad and Suzanne came along later with um her dad and um so we talk about my mom and he always said she did such a great job raising you guys. You guys are so strong and I'm so proud of you. Like he says that every time I talk to him. That's now let so me tell nice. you, it is so nice. And he is lives in Georgia. He has the thickest accent and talks so fast. I sometimes like he'll leave voicemails for me and Siri is like trying to translate. I'm like Siri, don't even try because you're not <laughs> making any sense right now. It's funny. Aww. But anyway, and so it gives me a sense of family there, you know, and I really, I appreciate that because he knows. And, you know, he called us the night my mom died. I think we were still in the hospital. I think we were packing everything up and he called me and I I answered it because it was him. And he was like, I'm so sorry about your mom, you know? Well, I think that's a great point too. So what you're saying is it's not like you expect your stepdad who is divorced from your mother Mm -hmm. 
to be any kind of like emotional support for you right. or to give you something that you need. Right. But sometimes we find it in unexpected places. No, it's true. Right? And when you least expect it also. And so be aware of when those little times come up. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like just as much as we're afraid of those times or we're aware of those times when people might disappoint us. Right. Right? It's, because yeah. they don't. I, I remember especially one friend when Susan was dying where I'm like, like Susan was like, yeah, so-and-so hasn't called me at all. And I remember calling that person a few times and still not getting a call back. And that was one person, though, I think that she couldn't handle what What was was, happening. It was like too much for her. And I and it still made me mad. But But yeah, I mean, but I mean, how do you feel as a person not being able, especially if people are reaching out to you that you just ghost them? I don't understand that. Well, this this particular person uh, deals with a lot of depression, like real heavy duty depression, not like, Hey, I had a bad day. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, when I, you know, I'm quick to anger (laughs) and I try to train myself out of it, Mm -hmm. which is why I try to be very empathetic Mm -hmm. because I try to put myself in this woman's shoes and I'm like, she might be like, she might be so overwhelmed and sad by what is happening that she has to do it to protect herself. Right. So again, no, like I, it's I can understand that. It's a little bit of like what we're talking about is mm-hmm. you are the CEO. Like sometimes you have to say like I can't be that person right for you and you know and you have to give that person grace, I think. No, definitely. But you have to ex- you got to expect like there that there will be some unexpected people who you think are like your people in your corner, right? they just might not be able to help you when you they need help. They just can't handle it themselves. They can't handle it themselves. And and we need to remind ourselves that we've we've created this monster. If you're if you're this chief emotional officer of your family, mm-hmm. a lot of times we've created it. Right. So, you know, we have to uncreate it. We mm-hmm. have to, you know, tell people when it's too much or or ask for help. Right. I'm trying to teach that to my uh, 17 year old. <laughs> Mm. No, she's just there's a oh, time. I was teaching anything a seventeen yeah. year old no, going. They I'm know. sorry. They know everything. <laughs> I know. I know, mom. Mom, I know. Oh okay, my god. Mom, I know. Oh, I get that too. Oh and gosh. I'm like, I am going to goddamn yeah. punch you in your goddamn <laughs> nose. Oh my gosh. So the other day, I think I told this, I said this to you, but <laughs> Uh, they, we were driving in the car and Dale was asking Brooklyn about something. I can't remember what it was. And, you know, he was like, hey, why haven't you done this yet? And she goes, I don't want to hear it from you. I was like, <gasps> I grabbed the arms of my seats and I was like, and here we go. And I'm like, Brooklyn, there's a time and a place for everything. And you can't go at your dad at 100% all the time. Like, you know, just go off. Like, that's what she does. And she, and I we've talked to her about it. And so he thinks that she, he, she loves me more than him. I go, that is not the case. It's just that she's a teenager. Dale and we, I just give her grace where we need to I hold her accountable where we need to and I've talked to her about the way she talks to you and even Bailey's Bailey's like mom she just goes at dad real fast I'm like I know she's got to stop it's like control yourself kid mm. I don't know what it is but I go Dale just it's, give it a few uh, more years hormones yeah just give it a few more years she'll come back around well and plus these teenagers what they're trying to do is part of the I don't know like the psychological evolutionary cycle where they're about to launch like they know they're supposed to be leaving and so they're emotionally starting to pull away from you no but would you ever say to ed i don't want to hear it from you as a teenage kid 
No, but there was He'd one. Be like, Nikki, get the get, get the get, switch. <laughs> get the brush. I'm gonna whoop your ass. There was one thing. Oh, I know what I used to tell him. Oh my god. This is his okay, this is the same thing I used to tell him <laughs> to chill out. <laughs> Because my dad was like, he'd go from zero to 60 miles an hour of anger. Yeah. And I'd be like, dad, chill out. And he's like, don't you tell me to chill no, out. Dale could be the same way. And Brooklyn, same thing. It's so funny. And I, I think that because she was feeling some guilt about what he was saying, because he was right. And so she just didn't want to talk about it. But so because she knows how angry he gets. And, and so she got there first before he could. And I'm like, that's not the way to do it. That is not the way to do it. You say, you know, when he's right, you justify. Yes, you are correct. I will get this done. Do you know, I need to ask Peter what he, I know he has said this to Jack on several occasions. When I tell, when I go at Jack and I'm like, okay, you do not do this. Okay, for instance, this is so, so stupid. We were golfing yesterday Mm -hmm. and Jack still doesn't understand the etiquette of the game. Like he's still, he's acting like a kid golfing with his parents Mm because he's like, he's like, there's ready golf where like you just you hit the ball if you're ready. But yeah. then there's like like inappropriate ready golf where he's like way ahead of me, taking his time, like hitting the ball. And I'm like, dude, I'm back here. Like and he's like, you're not going to hit me. And I and then I had to tell him, like, hurry up. Blah, blah. So anyway, after we're done with that hole, I went up to him. I said, Jack, I am not a good enough golfer that I what, I might not hit you with that ball. And and you can get really hurt. I yeah. worked at a golf club and a member got their head like cracked open by a ball. Like it's right. like you people die yeah. from that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's no joke. Right. And I and I could tell that Peter had told <laughs> Peter's taught him that like instead of arguing with me, he just is so say, "Okay. Okay, mom." Okay. Right. And that is all yeah. just hear me uh-huh. you don't need to do it immediately but you need to think about it and put it into your repertoire but right. and that actually is helpful from a ce chief emotional officer standpoint to have mm-hmm. a partner who's on the same page with you right. about parenting right. and helping coach to the same things that you are right and i think you know and so if you if you're not on the same page with whoever you're co-parenting with you you gotta get that's you have to get on the same page because you've dealt with some things with Dale when you haven't been on the same page yes. about parenting Brooklyn and it just like it's hard ugh. we get big fights about it mm-hmm. you know we and there was a time where because we could not agree we just had to stop talking about it and then um and I mean we made our point with Brooklyn and that part was done but he and I still continued to butt heads about it and I can't even remember what part what it was. I think it had to do with like high school drama or something like that. And um, so anyway, we just agree to disagree. So then sometimes someone will bring something up. I'm like, we cannot talk about it. Like we will fight. So we just can't talk about it. And mm-hmm. we, I, we just leave it at that. And he knows. And I know. Do you have your go-to people that you go to for um, like emotional support? Yes. I mean... Who do I go? I go to you. You're like my super emotional support for sure. <laughs> like I gotta go. Ditto. There are some times ding, ding, where I'm ding. like, oh, I need to talk to her. I'm gonna give it a little bit of time. It'll, it'll calm me down because otherwise I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna be blubbering, like crying and a mess. So I wait and then we'll talk about it and then it it helps me formulate and you know go process it. And you help me do that a lot. Like you really are my really emotional go-to I appreciate that (laughs) I love you you are mine and I love you too I would say my friend Heidi is also 
my chief emotional officer in my life. Mm-hmm. And at the, we've just started doing things where we're proactively trying to keep us accountable for yeah, doing some big I see, things. Yeah. So it's funny that you say that because I have another friend that lives in San Fran. Shout out to Newman. I love her so much. And so we get together and actually I talked to her about a month ago. She was here. So we chatted and then we set up a Zoom date. So we caught up and then we set one up for another 30 days. And that's coming up in a couple of weeks. And so, and she knows, like I was actually texting her over the weekend because she gave me this wing recipe. It's uh, sriracha honey hot wings. Oh, they're fabulous. And so when she gave that to us, because we're on this whole wing kick and the kids and Bailey. I don't think you can talk about emotional support without (laughs) talking about food too. Like, I'm surprised we haven't talked about chocolate cake yet. It's true. (laughs) And so I was messaging her, telling her, like, the kids, Bailey was like, hey, do you want my mom's really good honey hot wings or do you just want some plain wings? And the kid's like, well, I want the honey hot wings. (laughs) Well, I don't want those janky ass plain ones. (laughs) It's so funny, but it's labor because it's the air fryer, you know, and you have to do them in batches and everything. But um, anyway, there is a shortage on sriracha right now. I guess they ran out of the peppers. And so I went to Amazon to pull it up. So, you know, for like one for one of those tubs. So it's two for 30 it's like 15 bucks each and you can get them at the store for like three to five dollars stop no so if you have stretch in your fridge you better covet that thing yes use it sparingly I have like it's half full now after I go well I guess it's only a third of a cup I need I can spare it is sriracha <laughs> Chinese I think so. Let me look that it, up I real wonder quickly. where they grow the peppers on the farm. All right, let's look it up. It's I wonder if sriracha is one of those like American things. Probably. Um, hold on, sriracha. Actually, um, I like it's like. Oh God, sriracha! The second thing that comes up is sriracha shortage. See, sriracha. Where is it from? Where is it from? Okay, there we go. It is from. Ooh. Okay. Haiphong. That is like the. Oh, it's from Thailand. Yes. But you know what I love? Bailey has a sriracha shirt that says Haifung on it with the little rooster on it. So I love really? it. It's so cute. Yeah. Aw. <laughs> me. Bailey really loves those hot wings. Really yes, loves those hot wings. Very much. Um, have you ever had white rabbit um, candy? No. Mm-mm. Okay. So you know my parents were like crazy hippies. Yeah. And they were like... They were crazy hippies. So <laughs> my father was very into like communism. Actually, both my parents were, but um, <laughs> I'm not supposed to like talk about this. But anyway, they, I, um, my dad always used to give me this candy when I was little. So Twix bars and this candy were like what he would like give mm-hmm. me and probably why mm-hmm. I have the worst sweet tooth in the world. Anyway, I was reading a book somewhere and they talked about, and I, I, I literally didn't remember this. I, it was some random candy, but they talked about in this book, White Rabbit. No, maybe it, I know what it was. It was an article about white rabbit, like ice cream mm-hmm. that someone had made. Hmm. And I was like, I, that sounds so familiar. Cause it's like, it's, it's in these little like taffy wrappers uh-huh. and then it has like a wrapping around, like you open the wrap and the then wax. there's like the white paper around it. Well, but it's not paper. It's actually, it's, it's like, it's like rice paper, yeah. but it's like, I don't know. It's like rice paper. Like you, you're supposed to eat it with right. it. Oh yeah. So, yeah. um, so anyway, so I was like, I'm going to order some on Amazon because I think I am familiar with that. Sure enough, it is totally the like si- I the same used one? to. Uh, yes, I used to eat like you know in the 80s when Reagan was like you know <laughs> you- <laughs> all about the Cold War and everything. I was like eating those white rabbit candies. Like mm-hmm. that is so funny. Did you tell your dad you ordered them? Did you give him one? 
No, because I was like, I'm still too afraid because I they're like, we don't talk about like we don't talk. <laughs> it's like it's what? like the book you got that was on your coffee table, your coffee table. Yes, book. the one with like the '70s bush in it. It yes. was like, oh, I used to love this when I was a child. And I was like, oh, what is that '70s bush doing in there? All these inappropriate things I did as a child. So funny. You know, it's really funny. I think back about stuff like my mom didn't save anything. She just wasn't a saver. I actually told Dale just this morning, or maybe it was last night I said you know out of all the stuff my mom got rid of she would get rid of everything important stuff also she managed to keep my birth certificate and mm. like because like in the 80s you don't know it's not like you go online and order a new one or even in the 90s when I got a job like the we didn't have a computer no nope. so I it's like barely hanging together <laughs> it's like so tattered I don't even know if I still have my original birth certificate I did for years um, and it was, it was like hanging together. I mean, it's almost 50 years old at this point. Yeah, Let's be exactly. real. And I it, mean, we could probably order new ones, but it just wouldn't be the same. I feel like I have a new one or I yeah. had to, when I had to go you through probably, like TSA yeah, or something like that definitely. for TSA pre-check. So do you have any kind of, you know, go-to kind of emotional cleansing or emotional, you know, because we're giving so much. Are there things yeah. that you try to do? I've talked about this before. Okay. I cry in the shower. It's like in the morning when I get up and <laughs> that I... That sounds so goddamn <laughs> sad. But oh it's my like, God. <laughs> but it's like, it's just like when I become overwhelmed with emotion, it's going to be when I'm getting ready in the morning. I'd rather it happen before I put my makeup on so the shower is appropriate because <laughs> I don't want to have to redo everything. Always the mom. Always the mom. Like, I don't want to ruin something that I've spent all this time working on exactly. put that goddamn mascara on but usually if I become overwhelmed with emotion you know it's like I go to the bathroom and I'm getting I'm starting to get ready and sometimes I'll sit on the toilet before I get in the shower and just have a moment by myself where I feel overwhelmed and then I cry through then it ended up being a good day you know it's like cleansing it is it's just you have to get rid of it or it, it's just going to put me in a bad mood you know what else I find very helpful is um, is listening to other podcasts mm -hmm. of women who have been through shit. Yes. And kind of, and, but it's, it hasn't broken them. Right. They've kind of synthesized it into their lives. There is one podcast I started listening to. It's called Unfuck Your Brain. Oh, <laughs> no, but it app. sounds like something I would love. <laughs> it is. You have to look it up. And it's just, you know, it's just, it's good. It's good um, per, uh, perspective on different things, you know, which is true. That's what it is. And working out also is my thing. I mean, when I was grieving for my mom, I worked out. It was my grief relief. And I preferred doing that than turning into, you know, antidepressant and stuff like that I just worked as best as I could I did have to take Xanax because the pain was so bad in my chest it did really it helped relieve it, it didn't give go away but um but well that's two super good points though so the first being that I truly believe there's a mind-body connection right mm -hmm. like if if you know to back to my sweet tooth and and grieving and and you know emotion you know you can't you you know when you're in a bad place you, you have to be sure that you're doing the right things for your body, yes. not just eating an entire sheet pan right. of, you know, yeah. of chocolate chip cookies mm -hmm. or, you know, or an entire bag of white rabbit candy, right. which is only like a hundred calories per, <laughs> or like 20 calories yeah. per, uh, 20 calories per little uh, candy, but you can't eat like crap and, and, um, and, and cause it just, it, it your your body like feels icky you right. know your like your stomach already hurts when you're mm -hmm. in an emotional space like but then when you're feeding it crap it you know turns it to just pure acid right. you know and right. just compounds it and right. 
and also the exercise, you know, it's, it's about moving your body and getting those endorphins going. Yes. I will tell you, I, you know, me, I'm a Peloton gal. Yep. And so I, the, um, so Lizzo did a ride on Peloton. Like it was her new album. It was Mm -hmm. these two awesome instructors and Lizzo was actually in the class. Oh, wow. And she brought her like fly girl dancers out and it was it was a goddamn party but between these two awesome instructors and Lizzo it was like so uplifting that I did it last Monday and then on Friday I was having a bad day from because it was just a hard week last week yeah. I took it again that's so great because it's, it's so these instructors fun. were and they were just like feeding my brain the it, well I was exercising a which always helps to kind of lift spirits yeah but then I had these two awesome instructors being like you know, don't, you're not defined by like the worst day of your life. And, you know, you need to like get, you need to pull That's yourself up. That's when I start up crying and, as I'm pedaling. <laughs> oh my God. I did this other one. A friend of mine told me to take the pink ride on Peloton. This was like years ago. And I took it. I sobbed through it. I can't, I can't even take it again. So that's so healthy to do though. You know what I mean? It's just such a release. So the thing that I like, so, and so the Peloton instructors or instructor, like people who aren't necessarily like connected to you, they're not like part of your like, right. Or the podcast, like, but, but people who you can listen to, who you don't actually, you're not really connected. To, I'm not really right. connected to the Peloton instructors. I'm not really connected to any of these podcasts I'm listening to, but when women or people give you, and I think it's more women mm-hmm. for me at least, when they give you these messages of like, life is hard, yeah. but you you can do hard things yes. and get through this and I'm in it with you. Yeah. Oh, I think when you can identify, when you're like, oh, she feels this yeah. and, and she got through it. Because everybody can relate to it. The <clears> other <throat> thing is also what I love about instructors is they'll say like, you know, some people like, you're like, oh, I got to go to the gym. I got to work out. I don't want to do it, blah, blah. But once you get there, it's only one hour of your day. It's one hour. Or half chase. an hour. Yeah. That's the thing. Sometimes what I, sometimes in the morning I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. I can't even do a half an hour on Peloton. And I'm like, okay, so get up and do 15 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Do what you can do. Yes. And, and that's you, great. When you get on for 15 minutes, do not go the extra 15 Don't, or 30. Do uh, go. Well, no, because it's like a, it's a class. Oh, and then, okay. and, and a lot of times I've, I've hit snooze too many times and, <laughs> and it's like, like, I have to get into the office, <laughs> but I'm like, okay, you can do 15 minutes. Yes. And sometimes, yes, sometimes I'll like want to do more, mm-hmm. but I'm, you know, I'm time yeah. crunched or whatever. But it's not a um, it's not a diminishment of your achievement no. to only do fifteen minutes. Yes. You have to think to yourself like, "Damn, I did fifteen minutes when I was wanting to hit snooze one you more time." Don't. And you feel so much better when you do it. That's how I feel. I have to give a shout out to one podcast that I have found just to be like such a gift in terms of helping emotionally, and it has nothing to do with anything. It, it's actually a movie review, so it's called "I Saw What You Did." Uh huh. And it's these two women who are reviewing movies mm-hmm. every they one movie and it has a theme, but they've been they've just been through some shit. Mm-hmm. They've been through some shit. They it, and they it doesn't define them, but it's part of them, and they'll talk about it. And there's no shame, and it and and they go through shit still, you know, with like men treating them like babies or like like you know, dumb mm-hmm. bitches. And right. they're like, okay, I know that, you know, you think that I am, but I'm really not. And I don't know. I just, I love these two women and how they relate to the world. And it, 
it, that is very uplifting to me too, where I'm like, okay, you're right. Like we can laugh at these situations that we want to cry in the shower about. Exactly. That's exactly it. And you know, sometimes Dale hears me in the shower, but, and he'll ask, he'll know for the most part what's going on. It's not like I keep anything from him. I am an open book. (laughs) There's no keeping anything from me. If I'm having a bad day or I'm like, you know, if I have to talk to you, like I'll just like, well, I'll reach out and I'll just reach out to you and like, look, I need to talk to you. Got it. This is what's going on. Well, it is important to ask for what you need, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think Mm -hmm. that is something, especially when things are bad, we go into this bunker. Yeah. And we're like, like when shit's real bad, you know, that's why it's like, there's so many times where people get divorced and you're like, I had no idea. And it's like, cause your friend was in the bunker. Right. She was, she was just in her own emotional bunker trying to protect herself and not doing the work to like. Hey, sister, I need a lifeline. Or, hey, can you help me with this? And, and, you know, and it's important to reach out. Actually, Dale was just telling me about this. Not that I've ever been to this level, but there are people, you know, it's sad that when they make that decision to take their own life. Like, you've got to talk to somebody. If you're even even a little inkling, like, you know, if it's even there, you've got to talk about it. But Dale said that there was a new um, uh, suicide hotline number that's, like, just three numbers. You know, just, like, 911 or something. And Oh, I was yeah, like, that's right. That's good. Well, and... You know, God, I had this really uh, disappointing uh, discussion with my my brother actually last week where, um, I mean, overall it was a great discussion, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, he just, he, you know, we all have our ups and downs and he was, he had, he had gone through kind of a little downtime and I was like, you should, you should talk to a therapist. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he was so resistant to it. He's like, I don't want to wallow. I don't want to bring things up from my past. I don't want to. And I'm like, I'm like that, you know, there are therapists that maybe want to go that route. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, the therapist that I have found that I've connected with, she basically is really about kind of like, let me give you some tools to get through whatever's going on right now. That's exactly it. It's about finding the tools that work for you. And sometimes it's just journaling, you know, just journaling it out so that, and then if you journal it out in a book or on paper, you don't, you, there's no reason to talk to anybody about it. Okay. Well, I think you should still talk to someone. I think, I think you still have to, if you're, well, if you're in a bad place. Right. Yes. And you know, you're, and you're recognizing you're in a bad place. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, if you had to do your taxes and you're like, oh, this is weird. I got 1099s and I opened this LLC. This isn't the easy form. (laughs) You would go to a CPA and you wouldn't even think about it. You'd be like, you know what? I'm in over my head. I I don't want to screw this up. I'm going to go to a CPA. Or, you know, or your faucet is dripping and your husband's like, I'm going to fix it. And then it like creates this whole leak and whatever. And you're like, okay, you know what, honey, we need to get a plumber. Right. Because this. This is the next level. Right. And when you're when you're in a bad place, it it is okay to talk to a therapist. And the other thing I was saying to my brother is like, you have to talk to a therapist for like three to five years or the rest of your life. You might just need to go a few times. You you might need to go three to five years or the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And if you do, that's great for you. But sometimes I just need someone to give me some expert opinion. Like, you know, maybe I should be journaling. Right. And the other thing is, and you bring up the point when you do journal. Or when you do talk to a therapist, you're getting it out of your head. Mm -hmm. The wallowing is when you keep it in your own mind and you don't talk about it and you bottle it up. 
and it hasn't come out and seen the light of day, sometimes just verbalizing it, all of a sudden you're like, well, it's not really that big of a deal. It's so true. You're like, or you can't sleep because you're thinking about it. And then when you wake up in the morning, you're like, I solve a lot of my own problems in my sleep. It's like my brain never shuts off. But I, you know, and then when I wake up, I'm like, oh my God, this was so, I'm making it more complicated than it is. Like now I'm going to do A, B, and C and it's done. And I wash my hands of it. You know, it's so funny. I think of that the same way. Like I, so, you know, some people think of sleep as like this waste of time. (laughs) And I'm like, damn, no, because my, I do the same thing. I know that if I have an issue or like even when I was like used to study and cram for stuff in college, I'd be like, I'm not going to stay up all night because I need to go to sleep yep. and I need to give my brain time to work through this yeah. and I will more than likely have the answer by tomorrow. Yes. And it's because your mind's doing different work. Yeah. But my mind's always working. Mine is too. I mean, it's not like you're dead. No. You know, it's really funny. And I think we talked about this. Like recently I was having a huge problem at work. It was like a technology issue. I couldn't figure out why it wasn't working. And oh, I'm yeah. like, we were done. I went home. I went to bed that night and Dale came to bed and I said, I figured out what it was. And he thinks I'm talking in my sleep. I go, just remind me in the morning that this is what it is. And so uh, the, I woke up in the morning. I, w- I was excited to get to the office. I went to the computer. I fixed it. And it is exactly what I thought the issue was. Oh my God. And Dale was like, best. you were talking in your sleep last night. I go, no, I was solving problems in my sleep and it, and it was, and it worked. Right. <laughs> it was so funny. So, and to that point though, when you are the emotional CEO, you do need to give your mind and body some rest. Mm-hmm. And if you cannot sleep, I don't know why people like don't take, um, or they're against taking anything like, um, like, uh, what like are they? Like, NyQuil or something? Not even, well, you could do NyQuil or you could do melatonin or right. if you're really having issues, like I talk to a somebody. lot of people, well, yeah. talk to someone, but a lot of people use edibles Yeah, and I'm like, I don't see why you wouldn't use right. an edible. It's right. like natural and it's, right. you know, regulated and it's not like, it's not like a narcotic right. and no. I mean, I guess it's, no, it's not really, it's not like, you know, Mm-mm. you're you're not going to get hooked on a gummy edible like if to it gives you get some sleep, sleep at night. I would not be opposed to it. No, my I've been trying to get my mother to take them actually, really? and my cousin who's her age is like, I've been trying to get her to do it too, and I'm like, oh god, why are why is she so resistant? I don't you know. know, just yeah, no, I have people, I have friends that take it and help helps them. Yeah, with sleep, yeah. I feel like that's like a Especially, low entry yes. point. Like, well, that's I don't I mean you to, to take, take edibles all day long to no. like you know curb mm-hmm. anxiety or not deal with the world, but like if it's nighttime and you need you know you either have trouble getting to sleep or you have trouble staying asleep. Right. You know, why wouldn't you use something that's kind of natural like well, that? Well, it's so funny though too because like when I couldn't sleep when my mom died, you know, my doctor had prescribed Xanax for me. So I'd take half in the morning. It would it relieve the pain. It, it didn't make me dysfunctional. I was still able to work and everything. Mm-hmm. And I would take the other half right before I went to bed and it would help me sleep through the night. And because um, I'd wake up every single morning crying. It was awful. And I think that's natural. It happens to a lot of people. But um, I when I was done with the Xanax, I was like, okay, I don't need any more. I still, every time I'd go to the doctor, like once a year, I would ask him to refill it, but I would never pick it up. Just in case I, I just, it was like, just in case I needed, I don't know if I could do it by myself just yet, if I can life, you know, without the pain. And I didn't need it anymore. So I just stopped asking him. So good for good. you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, again, sometimes it's just situational. Yeah. Doesn't mean you have to do it forever. It mm-hmm. just means you need help in that moment. And right. So the, and honestly, the first step is just, recognizing that you need help Mm -hmm. and 
that there's no shame in it. And that's so true. It was so hard, you know, because I'm a strong person. I'm super independent as my husband. He says, you painfully remind me every day that you can do this by yourself. And I'm like, I don't try to do it painfully, but he just knows. But like, um, it's just the weirdest thing. Like I told you, I had like hurt my hand. It's the dumbest thing. I had a big heavy pot that I was putting into the oven to bake and it twisted. It was so heavy and it kind of yanked my wrist. And so it's been sore. So I can't like take two, I can't hold a big, huge pot by myself right now it'll take time it'll get better so I'm always like Dale can you help me with pot and he just loves it he's like when I he goes upstairs and he goes when I hear the timer I'll come down he, the timer went off he's like I'll be down in a second I'm like he just he just is so helpful I just love him so much Aww. very grateful for him yes that's so awesome. I, I can't be a damsel damsel in distress damsel in distress <laughs> <laughs> um so all right I mean anything else you can think of that yeah, just use your network or or- you know journal listen to a podcast listen to this podcast if you need a good laugh I think it's funny you know what I would say too: try some of these things out before you have a crisis right yes try a few podcasts out Mm -hmm. and 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 be mindful of like which ones are lifting you up or which workout is really inspiring to you or workout class or instructor it's so much fun getting into it and be mindful of these things or like is there a playlist that you have that is really uplifting mm-hmm. or, and also like identify the friends ahead of time. Like we all have really good friends. Yes. That doesn't mean they're all really good emotional support right. friends. Right. So be mindful of who are those people that like are in your close circle that you can ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and maybe, you know, try having more regular discussions with your significant other Mm -hmm. to, you know, open up space for when things are bad. It's not like a conversation out of nowhere. Right. You know, they're used to having conversations with you about kind of bigger picture stuff. So just laying groundwork before you have a crisis is good, but definitely when you're in a crisis, ask for help. Yep. You have to. <clears throat> and don't be afraid of therapy. No, for- it's the best. Well, oh my God. Okay, and one And yoga, other- and yoga. And yoga. Oh my gosh, when they play that serene music and I'm melting into the mat, I'm like, um, I hope I don't fall asleep right now, but it's going to happen. Okay, the funny, <laughs> okay, so one of my very, very good friends, she had breast cancer when she was like, they found it when she was like eight months pregnant with her first child. They had to like deliver early and get, have a double mastectomy. I mean, she's been through some shit, right? And she's always been- very hardcore, like always, like she's the CEO, chief emotional officer of her extended family too. So she never, ever, ever, ever cries. And she was telling me once how she was in a yoga, she loves yoga. She yeah. was in a yoga class and how the instructor had this piece of music on and was like reading a poem or something. And she's in Shavasana, you know, lying down and she's like, and then I sat up, she's like, and all of this water was like around my <laughs> eyes. And I was like, Aaron, those were tears. Right. Are you re- re- really, <laughs> oh. you call me just water around you? Yes. So sometimes you can have these unexpected emotional moments and so just good for embrace you. them yeah. and, and let them be. So um, anyway, well, that's all I had to say about that. Me too. It's a good one. <laughs> it's a good therapy session. <laughs> so... Do you have a mom hack, a mom tip? Gosh, you know what? Yes, I do. Okay, bring um, it, bring it, sister. Okay, so uh, I realized that this week I was feeling like, um, like missing my family, missing my mom. I really, I mean, I miss her all the time, but sometimes it's a little more um, 
in my face than others. And so a good mom hack is, and this was so much fun, I went to my um, grandmother's recipe book and I pulled out all her recipes and I have my mom's recipes and my grandma's recipes all together and just seeing their handwriting was really great. So a mom hack for me was just, it was so great to go look at their handwriting, see everything, read the recipes that they would cook for us growing up and stuff. So it was a good, it was, for me, the mom hack is like feeling good about that or like connecting with them when I needed a moment that I can look in handwriting. <laughs> that is a that is an awesome. Mom it was hack. really good. That is an awesome mom hack. It was fun. Um, you know what? I'll do. So my mom hack is. Um, so I just got back from Ireland, and we, we I have a lot of you know ancestors that come from Ireland, and my mother and actually her father have done a ton of genealogy work, and. I've always been like, oh, you know, pay attention to it when I have to. Uh-huh. And when I was in Ireland, because in Ireland, everyone's about like, what's your last name? And where are you from? And where's your family from? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So I'm going up to her house today so she can walk me through all How of fun. the genealogy stuff. And so I guess my mom hack is, you know, when you have something that you can connect to your your parents or parent about, uh, you know, don't, don't, you don't have to wait for, you know, a big European trip to do it, but, you know, recognize that it's something you can connect on. Especially that they've done so much work. So my sister has all of our genealogy stuff. Ooh. So my great, no, my, yes, my great aunt started it. And then when she passed away, her son took it. And when, um, then he gave it to my grandmother. He worked on it for a little bit. Then he gave it to my grandmother. And then my sister took it from my mom when my mom died. So she's been going through everything and she'll send us a bunch of stuff. And it's really cool. It is so cool. Well, so I was in Ireland, you know, with my family of four, but also like five other good friends of ours. And one of my friends, Barbara, um, when, when we got back, we're like, you know what, we would love to come back and just do like the two of us come here and just look for family stuff. So she her I think it's her cousin or something has all their family history stuff. So she, I'm like, I'm like, text me the name of like where your ancestors are from and what their last names are, like which, um, counties in Ireland. So she did, and we're literally from the same counties. Oh, no, which is, that's um, so awesome. Tyrone and Donegal. How fun. Well, to make it cool if we went back because we'd be looking in the same places. But I'm like, what if we're related? That is so true. <laughs> that's so awesome. Well, I hope you have a great time with your mom doing that. That's, I think, you know, and I will tell you, Nicole, that these moments are so priceless because, like, I, you know, my grandmother's told me so many stories and so many stories, the family and everything, and I wish I could remember them all, you know, because, again, I was like a teenager. Teenager. I mean, you know, just you're not paying attention to anything. Oh, no, it makes me just mad. your own damn self. I know. She's just like Jack on the golf course. <laughs> there are other people on the goddamn course. What? Exactly. But no, so this is great. I'm so glad you're doing it. I'm excited. Well, what's your one good thing? Um, I'm going on vacation next week. I'm just we're doing a staycation, but I am like, that is the one great thing. I'm Where are excited. you staycationing? Oh, we're just gonna well, I don't know. We're still putting all the plans together and stuff, but we're just just taking some downtime, oh, which good. I'm looking forward to. I need some R and R. Oh my God. Yeah. That is um that is so critically important. Well, that's I would say my one good thing in recent memory was taking that vacation yes. to Ireland. Yeah. Um it was, you know, we did eleven days. We went with family and friends. It was amazing. We I had I had such a great time with everyone who went. It was so special, even though my husband got COVID. <laughs> um, and I am gonna I'm gonna share this story. <laughs> this is the ultimate getting married story or being married for too long. <laughs> so 
like four or five days in, my husband tests positive for COVID and then three other people test positive for COVID. And um, so um, he basically quarantined in the in the room and, you know, didn't go anywhere. And I I slept in the boys room and I was testing like every morning thinking, well, I'd been with him sleeping in the same bed, being intimate, like I will for sure be getting right. COVID. And I kept testing negative, kept testing it. So finally on the last day um, before we left, we're like, okay, you know what? He's feeling fine. We're going to eat outside for dinner. So um, so we ate outside <clears throat> and I was talking to my friend Barbara who's there with us and I'm like, I'm just still walking on eggshells so nervous that I'm going to get COVID and I've been testing every day. Peter's like, you're not getting COVID. I'm like, how do you know? He's like, I know. And I'm like, how do you know? He's like, I had forgotten my toothbrush. <laughs> So I had been using your toothbrush <laughs> for the first part of the trip. And I was like, I threw up a little in my mouth. I'm like, please don't do that ever again. <laughs> like that is to me really gross. But you're in dire needs. But you're in di- But I'm, all right, this is my little side mom hack. If you are out, uh, if you don't have a toothbrush, just take a, wa- a wet washcloth and mm-hmm. put toothpaste on it and and brush brush your, your teeth, teeth with that. There it's you go. just as good. Yeah. No, it's not just as good. You can't do that long term, but it is it is fine. Don't use someone else's nasty toothbrush. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah. So I had been using the same nasty toothbrush twice a day with my husband's nasty COVID cooties all over it <laughs> for well, for like four or five days. Right. So until it, he was like, Hey Nicole, can you buy me a toothbrush? Um, well, which is, he had asked me when I, cause we went into town after he got COVID to get more tests. Cause I'm like, I'm gonna have to test every day. The kids are gonna have to test. So we'd walked into, and he's like, Hey, if you're going to get more tests and you're going to pharmacy, can you get me a toothbrush? And I just thought maybe he threw his other toothbrush out. I don't know. Because he was had COVID or something. I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't think. I wasn't thinking, Oh, he was using my goddamn toothbrush. <laughs> and then he didn't say to me. Oh, by the way, I was using your toothbrush. You, you should, should get I, a new one, you, too. You should get a new one, too. <laughs> Actually, why don't you buy yourself a new toothbrush? And we'll just leave it at that. Was he hoping? <laughs> I think he just didn't want me to get mad at him. He was so sick. <laughs> so he was like, I can't deal with it. Oh, Anywho. So great. if it, there are any doctors listening to this, I literally cannot get COVID. Knock on wood. I No, I between that and then remember I was in the car for three hours mm-hmm. with the kids and every goddamn kid got COVID, including their parents, yes. and I didn't get it. Right. So I don't know you what is wrong with genes. me. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Anyway. Okay. So um, I, you know what? We need to start asking at the end of each of our podcasts, if you liked this podcast yes. in any way, shape, or form, please like Please subscribe. Yes. Please follow. And please tell one friend. Just send the... If you like this episode, just just text it to a friend. Exactly. Hey, you need to Hit listen to this. the little share button Just the a bottom. little share button. Just let's, let's, let's share spread the, the love. love. Share the love. <laughs> share the love. So anyway, we are so grateful for you. We are. So cheers, cheers and, and press and hold. And hold. Have Goodbye. a great week. Bye.